Kia ora welcome to episode one of Fill Me In. It's a bit of a introductory episode. Fill Me In is a Redeemer Church podcast. Redeemer Church is a small Bible teaching church right in the center of Tauranga there. We're located on 2nd Ave. Uh, we're a fairly young church, been around for um, about nine years, just celebrated our ninth birthday. And part of what I'm doing, or at least attempting to squeeze into what I do uh, in my role at the church here is to create some content, hopefully something that will encourage you in your faith, and I've been thinking a little bit about how to do that, um, what would actually be adding uh, to what's out there already, and been having a little bit of a ponder, and this is sort of what we've come up with. Uh, what I know now is what I've got in mind for it. Uh, I have it in the back of my mind for sure that that could change. It could be that the, you know this podcast uh, creates connections or you know evolves into something different and so what it ends up being by the end is completely different than what I set out uh, for it to be from the start but that's totally cool um, it is kind of funny I feel like any any mockery I get for doing this at this point is is well deserved it feels like everyone and their sister has a podcast at this point uh, the, the, I've been listening to podcasts for 10 or 11 years and it seems that the world of podcasting changed. Back when I first started listening to them, it would almost be somebody who's a, a public figure or well-known to have expertise in a certain area, and maybe they have a radio show, maybe they have a, uh, maybe they've made some documentaries, maybe maybe they lecture at a university or something. And podcasting's just this other avenue for them to get their ideas out here. But it, it has changed to be really where anybody uh, who has any thoughts on anything can sort of jump on this platform and uh, bless the world with their 45 minute to an hour reflections on on all sorts of topics it's kind of this weird Rousseauian idea really where you've got this uh inner light that you believe you have that has some good truth to share to the world regardless of expertise regardless of training uh regardless of years of wisdom just by virtue of existing you have this wisdom to share with the world and so you do have a lot of people that are uh, in their 20s and starting these podcasts and spinning yarns about all sorts of topics that they have no idea about one of my favorite memes ever was uh, back in 2020 when we had the original lockdown and there was this encouragement from one bloke in his 20s to all the other blokes in their 20s saying, uh, whatever you do, no matter how lonely you get in this lockdown, please do not feel the need uh, to start a podcast. <laughs> it's pretty, I, I, I thought that was hilarious. Um, it, it's it's tapping into something that's, that's super common at the moment. And it's this weird time, I guess, in history where a lot of traditional gatekeepers, uh, for better or for worse, uh, becoming irrelevant and really anyone who wants to get the message out there and has something to say can do that you've seen uh, books not becoming irrelevant by any means but people being able to bypass for example publishing houses as they write blogs and I feel like podcasting is almost uh, that uh, for the radio world for the audio world uh, shall we say so yeah I find it to be a little bit of a cringy thing um, I'm not necessarily rushing to uh, jump into the podcasting world. I, I also think, in addition to that, po- podcasting has changed from when I started first listening to them back in, say, 2011, 2012. Uh, it's almost like this very well-funded uh, business now. It's like a, it's a machine, really. You, you have people that would use podcasting as their medium of choice to get their crime doco out there. You know, instead of making a movie, instead of making a Netflix doco, instead of writing a book, they make uh, podcasts and you have uh, middle-aged mothers in all of their spare time listening to some uh, brutal murder being described and then the detectives trying to work it out. That's the avenue 
of choice for for some of these publishers and content creators so it is a bit of an interesting thing and so i feel like really for this introductory episode i'm i'm really wanting to think through and maybe just talk about uh justifying the existence of this podcast why why do i feel the need to add to the clamor of the podcasting world what i'm really not trying to do in this podcast is create basically just another young ish person i mean i'm not that young anymore i'm out of my 20s so i'm i'm out of the i'm out of the hit zone in terms of really the people that you can make fun of most for doing this but i'm still relatively young i only just got out of my 20s so i don't really want to add to the the world of youngish people talking about the five points of calvinism and calvinistic soteriology and reformed theology there's already a gazillion of those out there i'm not wanting to add to that noise i don't really feel, feel like i'd be contributing anything by doing that um to be honest i'm kind of bored with that i'm not trying to throw shade at people that do those podcasts i mean i feel like it's a it's a terrible kind of enemy to create because i've pretty much making a third of the podcasting world my enemy because there's that many of them out there that yeah i just i wouldn't i don't think i'd be really contributing anything to be talking about that there's already a lot of other podcasts i could point you to if if you're wanting to start one of those go for your life if you're wanting to find out more about uh, that kind of thing, then I could point you to some good stuff that's out there, but that's not what this uh, podcast is going to be doing. I suppose there is room for that from maybe a Kiwi point of view. I don't know if there's really that much of that out there in the podcasting world, sort of reflecting on some of those things from a someone who's observing New Zealand culture. But as I say, that's not really what this is going to be doing. I think also I'm self-aware enough to know that that's... I guess that I'm not the best person to do that. I would say I'm relatively well read i try to read a lot of theology i try to keep up to date on various things that are said and various things that are talked about i think i'm decently biblically literate i would say but at the same time i'm aware of my own limitations in some of these areas to know that uh, i'm definitely not the best person to give you a, a guided tour on all of those uh, theological topics so i'll leave it to people that feel the need to do that so if I'm not doing that, which maybe you would have thought, oh, clearly that's what this podcast will be. <laughs> uh, what am I going to be doing? What I really want to be doing with this is really using it as a as a platform to have conversations with uh, ordinary Christians, um, particularly Christians who have come to the faith uh, later on in life. And when I say later on in life, I'm meaning they were they were older than six, and perhaps they weren't brought up in a Christian home. I'll get into all the specifics of of how I want it to look in a sec. But really, I guess what motivated it was I, I've sort of been reflecting upon uh, my own journey as a Christian and reflecting on uh, highlights that I've had along the way in, in my Christian life. And it sort of occurred to me that one of, one of my favorite things ever is talking to people who are Christian, who, do, who weren't raised Christian, uh, who in some way, shape or form have become Christian when they've already come of age um, they weren't encouraged strongly into the faith uh, when they were a small child. So their, their story is a little bit different than mine in that regard. You know, for me, I was I was taught the Bible when I was a very young child. I was taught the sinner's prayer when I was you know, six years old. I knew the story of Abraham and Moses, just like, um, you know, th- those kind of stories, just like someone might know the three little pigs, you know, sort of. Uh, off the top of your head, you can rattle a whole bunch of these things off, and that's great. But I realize there's a lot of people that they have stories uh, where they come to faith that that aren't like mine. And I, as soon as I meet someone or I'm 
taking part in the life of a church together with someone or just, you know, through various various means you come across people and they tell you that they, like me, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love to hear the story of how that happens. I, I love, um, you know, I, I really quickly like to dig in and hear all of the, the details of how that happened. I, I also find it really encouraging uh, when the church creates space for people to share their testimonies. Sometimes that happens in what you'd call community groups or whatever your church calls those. Or uh, as I've grown up, there would be space usually before a baptism for people to share their testimony. And I've found myself always walking away from those kinds of uh, situations really encouraged that um, there there is one way to be saved through Jesus Christ, but there's, there's many ways that people come to that. There's many ways people uh, stumble across that field that has the treasure hidden in it. And I, I just love to hear the stories. I think in those contexts, i.e. A, a community group or in a church service, sometimes the people feel... Uh, rightly so too, that they don't want to give the full version. They kind of like to give a nice summarized version of it purely for the sake of time. They don't want to bore people. Um, they realize that there's other things that have to be squeezed in. And so they'll frequently give you a two or three minute version of what in a lot of ways could actually be a far more complicated story and a story that has a lot more highlights, a lot more lowlights, and a lot of things I've had to wrestle with along the way. And so in the midst of the encouragement, I also wonder if there's a little bit that we're missing out on as we think about the other people that are living the Christian life alongside us. But I, I do really I do really love those moments. And so what I was thinking, well, what, what if we could make a space where we could unpack that a little bit more? I, I am... the one of the pastors but I do the bulk of the preaching at Redeemer uh, Church here I'm currently in the Redeemer Church office doing this podcast also known as the back office at my house Um, and so a lot of that preaching well all of the preaching it's not organic in the sense that I rock up on Sunday uh, having no idea really what I'm going to talk about you know it's it's quite planned um, you know, I, I have a set agenda for where I'm, I'm going with it. I don't want this to really be like that. I want it to be a lot more organic. Uh, I want to go into conversations, not necessarily knowing what they'll say or not necessarily knowing where it'll go and just really hearing the, the story, having a conversation about the conversion experience. What was the story along the way? What were the pivotal moments? Who were the key influences? Uh, what were some of the things that maybe got you thinking about big picture issues that Christianity raises. And maybe for some people, if they've been Christian for some amount of time at this point, do they look back on certain things even over the course of their Christian life since they were, since they were converted and maybe regret certain things, wish they had known certain things, or maybe there'll be some aspects they look back on and they're really grateful for and they're really glad it panned out the way it did. And for whatever reason, by the grace of God, they, they did stumble a, a upon some, I guess, good advice or some good spiritual practices or what have you. And so they're really grateful for that. Just being able to offer space to reflect on a lot of those things. That's really what I want to do. So uh, I want to get on people, uh, invite people on who are Christians and want to be able to share their story and how it was that they they are now where they are. Um, yeah, so what am I... What are my goals for, if I can pull this off? What, what, what am I hoping, I guess, the, the impact of this will be? Well, there's a few things I've just sort of been thinking about. Like, what's, what's the value of this? One of them is that I want to contribute, hopefully, to a culture where uh, evangelism is a little bit more normalized. 
I think a lot of people feel a little bit stuck when it comes to evangelism. They know that they are supposed to be sharing their faith. They know that we have a great commission that Jesus has charged us with to go into all nations and to uh, make disciples. And we, we want to see the word uh, going forward. Uh, we want to speak it with boldness, as Paul will say in Colossians. But at the same time, we feel a, a bit stuck. We don't really know how to start up the conversation. We feel a little bit discouraged. Maybe we see certain things that are happening in society at the moment and don't really know what to do with that, don't really know how what we say will be received. And so we, we do feel a little bit hopeless. And, and maybe for some people, it, it, it feels like maybe you've been in that rut for a few years. You know you're supposed to be doing something about this. You know you'd like to be doing more than you're doing, but you you don't really know what to do with it. And so I'm hoping that these kinds of conversations will raise awareness for the fact that, uh, awareness to the fact rather, that there are Christians in our midst that are in our churches, that are in our Bible studies, that are talking with us about theological concepts, that are seeking to uh, bring all areas of their life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And somehow along the way, they came into that. They weren't born into that. Uh, they weren't raised to to live that way, but here they are anyway. And hopefully it will encourage you that in the same way that somebody put themselves out there and had that conversation with them or whatever it was, so also your future efforts might have some impact. Who knows what the Lord might do with that? What might your next conversation do? Um, I'm also hoping that maybe there could be some non-believers that stumble across this as well. Maybe uh, as the writer to Ecclesiastes, uh, sorry, the writer of Ecclesiastes will say, eternity has been set on your heart and you're you're wrestling with big picture things perhaps you're wrestling with death perhaps you're wrestling with uh, guilty conscience paul will say in romans 2 that our, our consciences accuse us and excuse us and yeah maybe you're you're wrestling with some of the bigger questions perhaps there's more to life uh, what do i do with my guilt uh, what what about death uh is there uh, absolute grounding for morality. There's all kinds of questions that lead people into thinking about Christianity. I'm hoping that maybe some of these conversations will will find their way onto your device, and perhaps you you will hear a conversation from somebody who's wrestled with similar things to what you're wrestling with now, and have found uh, Jesus and the worldview that he uh, represents uh, to to be satisfying. And um, maybe that could be a, a, a useful thing for you going forward as well. So. Uh, I'm hoping that that could be the case as well for even non-believers. I also want this to, to some degree, push back against, and I don't know what you'd want to call it, whether you'd want to call it uh, deconstruction, whether you'd want to call it being an ex-evangelical or whatever. Um, there's, there's different names for it, but basically... You've probably seen it around a bit, especially if you're on social media. It's, I guess, trendy and in vogue a bit at the moment to be leaving the faith and then feeling the need to cuss out the church and cuss out Christianity on the way out. I've seen a lot of, you know, reels and and memes and and all that kind of thing, podcast clips where people are sitting there having a rant about uh, how toxic the faith they were part of was. And to be sure, Sometimes there are legitimate reasons. Like, as I hear people saying those things, I don't think everything they're saying is wrong, necessarily. I, for sure, am an evangelical Christian, uh, but I definitely have my issues with evangelicalism. Um, For sure, there has been uh, various kinds of abuse, and the churches have continued to platform people that were gifted, even though uh, their behavior to others has been terrible. I think sometimes there has been, in order to prop up the machine that is this 
sort of business-like church, people have been treated as cogs in a machine rather than as human beings. I don't think their their Imago Dei has been honoured. Um, they've sort of been treated as expendable, and um, yeah, that, that's been really unfortunate when that's the case. And I think there's stories where people have not been loved, but they have been used um, and used to prop up uh, a platform. And I, and I think that's that's awful when that happens as well. I, I just finished reading David Gushy's After Evangelicalism, and I disagreed with the vast majority of the book. But I do, I do think one point he made that was good uh, in there was talking about the way evangelicalism as a movement, particularly for the second half of the 20th century and as it goes into now, has sort of um, made it that we approach Christianity, I guess, in this general lowest common denominator way where we lose the distinctives of our own traditions as well. So instead of a Baptist being a Baptist and a Presbyterian being a Presbyterian and an open brethren being an open brethren, we're all sort of, you know, reading the same books, listening to all the same worship music, uh, going to the same conferences, getting into the same fads, supporting the, I guess, same kind of parachurch uh, organizations. And, and all of that, there's, there's positive sides to that. I, I think the idea that we're, we are unified enough around key truths that uh, do transcend denominational borders is a good thing. I think it shows that we are, uh, ultimately all on the same team but I think there has been a loss of the beauty of certain traditions and, and what they offered and things that over generations people have worked out and, and reflected upon uh, I think probably a lot of Christians today would know who Billy Graham was but wouldn't know maybe the history of their own denomination and so I, I think that's a shame I think we're at a time now when an open brethren service and a Presbyterian service and a Pentecostal service probably all look more similar to each other than ever and I think what's been lost along the way for some of those is, is sad. So I think that that's, that's a legitimate critique as well. I think evangelical Christians for sure have, have often been uh, more pragmatic than they have been principled, and that's, that's certainly come out in the way that church services are done. It's certainly come out in the way evangelism's done. Um, it's certainly done. It's certainly come out rather in the way leaders have sort of prioritized what the mission of the church is. I, I don't think that's great. I also think a bunch of the scandals that uh, have have sort of come out in the last couple of decades have, have been really shocking and disappointing. And uh, I think it's Gavin Ortland points out in his theological retrieval book, like it, it's clear that something's up when we have this amount of uh, failure and falling away and, and scandals. I think uh, particularly of the Ravi Zacharias stuff that came out a couple of years ago, which, which was just really shocking and, and really disappointing. And I think, to, in some ways, he was almost a figurehead of what evangelicalism is today anymore. I've, I've been saying when I've been talking about it, I can't really think of anyone sort of, of more recent times who would be more generally liked and looked up to right across the denominations than someone like Ravi Zacharias. So I think that that hit us all uh, pretty hard. And yeah, so so there are problems where, where people come out of the churches and, and talk about some of these things and you know, I think you'd have to be pretty callous to dismiss all of that as, as illegitimate. At the same time, I think there are uh, plenty of, uh, I guess, deconstruction-type podcasts where they are leaving the faith for what I would say are not uh, legitimate reasons. Um, I, I think a lot of the time when you boil it down, it's people wanting to basically engage in sexual practices that Scripture prohibits, and they want to take pot shots at the church on the way out and make it look like they're actually leaving for noble reasons. And I think that totally sucks when that happens. For sure as well, a bunch of these guys have 
really big platforms, quite influential, uh, very popular channels, etc., etc. So yeah, they get their ideas out there a lot, and it creates, I guess, social momentum, and yeah, gains a lot of influence. So what I'm really wanting to do with all of that in mind is to sort of offer something that changes the narrative a little bit. I realize it's not going to be a heavy-hitting uh, podcast that gets a ton of listens or anything like that necessarily, but just to offer something uh, from the opposite angle where um, instead of a deconstructing podcast, it's a constructing podcast, or instead of a deconstructing from the church podcast, it's a deconstructing from the world podcast. Here are some people who were not raised to be Christian. They didn't come from Christian homes. They've come to faith uh, to some degree after they've they've aged. And so they were, they're wrestling with, on one level, the same thing that everyone who's grown up in a Christian home wrestles with. They're dealing with uh, crucifying the lusts of the flesh. Uh, they're dealing with acknowledging Christ as Lord. They're dealing with believing the gospel for themselves and, and, and not um, merely having it as an inherited faith. So all of all of that is the same as what someone like me uh, deals with or has dealt with when, when I grew up. But at the same time, they're also dealing with intellectual shifts too. Uh, there's philosophical ideas. There's worldview issues. Uh, these people are frequently strongly naturalistic materialists or uh, whatever other worldviews sort of in vogue that they were uh, raised with. This is what they're abandoning and they're having to deal with all of um, what deconstructing that and and buying into the, the narrative and worldview that scripture presents entails, which is a huge thing. And um, any factor, uh, big or small, that has led to that all of a sudden becomes a very interesting thing to talk about. Uh, something that has prompted them and led them to make this huge transition into being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So all of that is to say, I please hear me, I, I don't want to undermine the beauty or the significance of the fact that some of you are Christians who, who are listening to this and were brought up as, as Christian. I think that is absolutely amazing. I, you know, Lord could we please have more of that being the normal story? You know, I've, I've got three kids and um, as much as as much as much I'm a Calvinist who believes in total depravity and doesn't believe anyone naturally comes to Jesus, I do want uh, my kids to come to faith, shall we say, the natural way. I want it to be through uh, the, the practices and the hearing of the gospel and the engagement with scripture that happens over the course of their upbringing. I, I would love that to be uh, the thing that, God uses to bring them to faith. So I think that's amazing. And I also think given the amount of apostasy or shall we say just rejection of the worldview of their Christian parents that, that I've seen in my generation, um, that is a big enough topic to work out. How do we sort of change that story so that um, maybe the next generation of Christians who seek to raise their kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord, uh, they, they do see more of their children by the time they're adults continuing this this legacy of, of faith that they've sought to instill into their children. So so that's a huge topic, and, and perhaps maybe down the track we could even you know hone in on that a little bit, talking to people who were raised Christian and what it what, what it was for them to to move out of sort of sitting under the umbrella of their parents' faith to it actually being something of their own. And so so that's huge. I'm not trying to undermine that. I think that's amazing. But at the same time. I'm trying to talk to people here. What I, what I want to do, at least for the beginning of this, is to talk to people that didn't have that privilege, that, that didn't have that even blessing that I have had and how um, God has worked in their life to bring them into into his flock. 
I think one thing as well that I, I really want to aim at with this podcast, so this is a Redeemer Church podcast, you know, I've said it at the start, if you look at the little uh, logo, um, so yeah, I, I'm one of the pastors at Redeemer Church, I'm, I'm doing this um, as, as someone who is one of the pastors at Redeemer Church for sure. At the same time, I'm wanting the uh, people that this podcast speaks to to certainly be wider than uh, people from our church. Uh, there are plenty of people in our church that have this kind of story, but I want it to be wider than that as well, acknowledging that God is for sure at work in our church, but he's at work outside of our church as well, and he's at work in New Zealand. And so I want to... I mean, I realize there's obviously concerns for how wide do you make that window of conversation, um, you know, without naming, without naming names or picking on anybody. There are certain people in my mind or certain movements in my mind that I think are problematic um, enough that I wouldn't want to necessarily platform somebody from from that corner of Christianity, shall we say? Um, so, to some degree, who I will get on will come from my own certainly fallible intuition. Um, but I guess maybe to to as something to start with, I'm wanting to be small c Catholic in the way that I do this. And I don't mean Roman Catholic, but I mean. Um, I want to incorporate people from certainly outside of my church um, and hopefully what I'll be getting at with that and sort of my usual criteria will be relatively solid Protestants <laughs> which I realise is subjective to some degree and it means that there might be people that you think would be great and I might not be keen or there might be people um, that I think are great and you think I can't believe you got them on, Phil. Uh, but I, I do want to be intentional in staying right from the start of this. That there are all sorts of people who don't see eye to eye with me um, on everything, but are actually are actually terrific Christians. So for sure, like I, I've I've got my views. I think um, like I'm a huge fan of Cornelius Van Til and presuppositional apologetics and all of that. I love presuppositional apologetics. I hold to Amillennial eschatology, um, without apology, I, I think continuationism is true. I don't think cessationism is right. I think uh, the five points of Calvinism are true. I think credo-baptism is the biblical position. I think the missional theology of guys like Ed Stetzer and Roxborough uh, uh, is really good. I, I think Stephen Wellam and Peter Gentry's progressive covenantalism, as laid out in their Kingdom Through Covenant book, I think is bang on the story that uh, the Bible's telling. So I, I have my own views and my own distinctives, for sure. Like, I, I occupy a corner of Christianity, but I do understand that there are a lot of people who wouldn't agree with me on a lot of those things and are still absolutely wonderful Christians who God is working in the lives of. And I do want to be able to hear from uh, people that wouldn't just say what I would say on everything. So I definitely do want this to be a space that does appreciate the the broadness of the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, knowing that, that there will be people who would articulate things or would understand things in a way that is different than where I'd be at. Um, and this isn't going to be somewhere where I'd be trying to chase anyone up or argue with them. Um, you know, there might be listeners, you know who you are, some of you staunch Calvinists who expect doctrinal purity on absolutely everything, and you'll be hearing some person lay out their story and you'll be thinking, Phil, why aren't you chasing them up? And yeah, that's not going to be really what I'm doing. Maybe if it comes up organically and we're just sort of talking 
you know through different ideas or different perspectives on a different topic then for sure but i'm not really wanting to the, the space to be that i'm wanting this to be somewhere where they could talk and and share their story and i want to be generous around that um it could be that partly it's just because they're part of a different tradition and i'm under no illusions that i'm going to be able to solve all of the uh, issues that have divided uh, or at least distinguished denominations historically so that could be what motivates it it could also just be that they're a new christian and they say something in a way that is not really where anyone sort of historically would have would have or how anyone historically would have put it but that's just where they're at and um yeah i'm not going to be trying to trample on them um or or tear them down or be unnecessarily overbearing or anything like that i just want them to be able to say their story and there hopefully would be enough i guess grace from myself and from the audience to know yep they're a new christian and that's just where they're at or yep they're from that tradition so of course they're gonna say it that way also maybe something for the listener to keep in mind is that if i am successful in having you know all kinds of different people on that come from different traditions and 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 different uh, churches around the country there will be people that i know uh less well than others and I mean, we really deal with this even in the local church, but it, it becomes exacerbated uh, if you try to do something a little bit more broad than that as well. So I, I don't know, well, I won't know who a, a lot of these people are in, in detail well. So what that means is uh, I don't know what their story will be. I don't know what will happen in their life. You know, if they're a new Christian, I don't know what they will go on to do. It could be that some of them even uh, show themselves like uh, Matthew 13's parable of the sower to be, uh, rocky soil and and something happens for a while and then turns out that it fizzles out i can't know <laughs> what's going to happen I, i'm not i'm not a prophet i, I don't know what's going to happen so th- there will be things like that that make this feel very human and um yeah I, I trust that people who listen to this will will be understanding of that and um no there's only so much i can do to uh, I guess ensure the quality of who I'm talking to and, and the lasting uh, validity of, of what is said. I can say that I will do my best. All of With all of that in mind, um, as I've said, I do want every other episode going forward to be really me talking as little as possible. Um, I want this to be a space where people can tell their stories and hopefully I will get better over time at uh, not interrupting, but just <laughs> asking good questions that hopefully bring out uh all the best most interesting bits of the story that will bless you so maybe just a little word on who i am because i'm probably going to talk about myself as little as possible um in the the coming episodes although i am a terrible narcissist so it'll probably still come up at some point but maybe just to unpack a little bit of that i so i'm phil i have already said i'm one of the pastors at redeemer church in tauranga i do the bulk of the preaching but i have other responsibilities here as well absolutely love being part of redeemer church love the opportunities uh, that i have to serve the lord here and use my gifts and do what god's called me to do here uh we have we have such a good time at redeemer we have really really great people um uh we have a lot of fun together um, i'm excited for what the lord has for us in the future there's there's a lot of aspects of our church that i'm i'm pumped about and think we do really well. And there's other things that I, I know we're weak in. And as a, as a younger church, we, we need to grow in. And I'm excited for what the Lord has for us uh, in the future. I, I love uh, being able to serve alongside currently the other three pastors that we have here. And um, yeah, Redeemer is a special place. And I, I'm grateful to the Lord for 
the the church context that I'm a part of here. I'm a, a Rotorua boy originally. I've only been in Tauranga living here for about a year and a half. Um, so yeah, originally from over those ways. I am a former school teacher. So before I was doing this, I uh, taught well full time pretty much for five years um, at a at a local Christian school in Rotorua. And I actually still do teach one hour a week at a local Christian school here, teaching some biblical worldview, um, biblical foundations type stuff here. So that's that's a cool uh, opportunity I have as well. It gets me out of the office for <laughs> at least once a week and out into, you know, talking to people, uh, talking to, well, I sound old when I say younger people, but they are younger than me, talking to high school students. Um, so so that's, that's really great as well. Um, hopefully I can use a bunch of what I've learned through interacting with people and um, being in the classroom and, and what I do here at Redeemer and maybe even on this podcast. So I uh, loved being a school teacher and um, yeah, I, I think it's a really uh, admirable profession. And if, if you happen to be a teacher who's listening to this, uh, I, I get it. <laughs> it's a, it's a full on workspace, but it's, it's super rewarding as well. Um, what else? I, I'm married with three kids. So I've been married to my wife, Hayley Joy for, uh, it'll be coming up eight years, which is insane. Don't know how that happened, but the, the math checks out. So, so there we go. And yeah, we've got three kids and we, we have a lot of fun, uh, in the midst of everything being insanely chaotic and stressful. Uh, we do try to have a bit of fun along the way. I became a Christian. So yeah, I, I became a Christian at 18. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, don't think I understood the gospel and I, mean, I want to say in its totality, I still don't understand it in its totality. I, I don't think I sufficiently understood it uh, until I was 18 and uh, for me it was uh, a, f- a friend of mine showing me Paul Wash's shocking youth message which I, there's a lot of people probably my age who would <laughs> share some more stories about where that uh, particular sermon has hit them in their world and how God's used that so yeah I've uh, been a Christian since about August 2011 I think uh, though for sure I would have called myself one beforehand and um, as I say was raised in a Christian home um, and God's been God's been good to me, and uh, he, He's blessed me. Um, he's given me a love for His Word, a desire to to live before Him. You know the New Covenant promises of, uh, you know they all know the Lord, and I put my laws in their mind and write them on their heart. I, I just found myself uh, when I was converted, sincerely wanting to obey God, sincerely wanting to um, live a life in, in obedience to Him, um, sincerely trusting that His Son. Uh, has has covered my sins through his through his death at the cross. Um, yeah, so I mean, maybe more of that will come out as it's relevant to <laughs> to bring up in conversations. But that that's me. And maybe maybe for some of you nerds that are interested as well, just to um, talk about some of the some of the research I've done. So I've done a thesis on uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. So that's sort of like my my one topic that I can sort of nerd out on and probably know a little bit more than uh, others about and hopefully bust out some interesting facts about him at a party. So yeah, I, I did my master's thesis on Charles Haddon Spurgeon through Kerry Baptist College in 2020. And so that was uh, with a focus on how did Spurgeon reconcile his firm belief in uh, unconditional election with his practice as an evangelist where and a very successful evangelist where thousands of people uh, were saved and uh, were brought into the fold of Jesus Christ. So how how did he put those two things together um, and particularly honing in on some of his stuff in the 1850s. So yeah, that's, that's something I like to nerd out about. 
Uh, Spurgeon is my dude. I, I really enjoy him. And yeah, we'll see if there's anything relevant <laughs> in terms of that stuff that could come out over over the years or months or however long, maybe weeks, <laughs> that this podcast does its thing. So yeah, maybe just to close up this episode, um, I will, I'll finish up by just saying I'll do my best to get to this. I mean, this is not going to be my top priority. I have a lot of other responsibilities and things I need to get to uh, at, at Redeemer, which is which is awesome. So if, if time allows, I, I will get to do this more. And if things are busy, you might see a drought of this for weeks. Anyway, that's been the first episode. I hope it was somewhat insightful as, and useful as to whether you think you'll want to listen to this or not. Grace and peace to you. I'll see you later.